0: or go to anchor.fm to get started.
1: On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, chosen families are non-biological kinship bonds, whether legally recognized or not, deliberately chosen for the purpose of mutual support and love. So the nuclear family unit was historically believed to include a husband, wife, and children, but your chosen family could be anybody. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be.
0: Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Do you have a burning question you're dying to get feedback on? Do you want an unbiased perspective on a situation you're facing? If so, visit cultivatingherspace.com and click "Ask Dr. Dom under the Start Here option. Every Tuesday, I'll choose a few questions and answer them at random. Our quote of the day: "Family is where you're meant to be most free. Don't let blood chain you down All right. I mean the second part of that quote is just is going in right I don't know for me when I hear that I hear your blood relatives don't have to be your only family what about you It's so
1: funny that you shared that because when you asked that, I was just about to say, Dom, I'm about to boomerang this right back over to you real quick so I can take time to think about, oh, it's so deep. I mean, these quotes. Okay. I think the first part, people are like, yeah, you know, family is where you're meant to be most free. Yeah, I resonate with that. And then when it's like, don't let blood chain you down, it's like, oh, like you said, right? There's another aspect of family that isn't necessarily tied by blood, but maybe by vibration, right? Maybe by your spirituality or the experiences that you have with them. And so, Lady Today, we're about to dive into a conversation that for some may be challenging. It might even be triggering for some people, right? When you think about the relationships they have with their families. And I think the beautiful thing about this conversation is, like always, we're going to be, you know, ending on a positive note and we're going to be sharing some tips on how to cultivate that community when you aren't close to your family. Because I know for me, I've always, you know, I've heard about people being estranged from family members and I never really understood what that meant. Like I was just like, oh, okay, that's so weird. I could never imagine, you know, what that looks like because I grew up in a very, what I thought was a close-knit family. And so I guess the first question would be, Lady, when you think about your relationship with your family, how would you describe that? Like, how would you describe your relationship with your family? And I know for me, Don, this has evolved drastically. You know, I think as a kid, it was very much a close knit family. And even though I was raised in San Diego for some time and my family, my core family was back on the East Coast, my mom was very adamant that we stayed in touch. So we were calling our grandparents. And as a kid, we didn't really like understand the. Value of that before I developed like my own relationship with my grandparents, but as a kid, it's like, okay, I gotta call my mom, and pop up, so you call them, and you know you speak to some cousins, and when we moved back east, I got even closer, and that's when I had my own relationship, so no one had to tell me to call my grandparents. I would just go over there, I would just call them because we had our own relationship. I was older and more mature, but I think that holidays, barbecues, block parties those are all things that I participated in. Growing up. And so for me, that made me feel like it was a close knit family. But when I think about the quality of the relationships, I honestly only think that there were a handful of relationships that were close knit, that were considered relationships that I could be free in, right? Relationships that I felt fully supported in and not just surface level. So that's kind of like the evolution, I would say, part one of my family. But I want to see what your experience was like, Dom.
0: I would say that mine is. Pretty similar in that respect that, like, I remember as a child and, like, through up until probably Katrina, my family would go to my grandmother's house, my grandparents' house, for Sunday dinner, right? Mm -hmm. Go to church on Sunday, and then after church, we would be at my grandparents' house. And then sometimes one of my aunts and her family would come and then, you know, so it was like sometimes other my mom's other siblings would be there. But every Sunday we were there. And I remember. Even when I started college. Like I would still figure out, like, even if it meant like I didn't have a car and it meant that somebody was coming on campus to pick me up so I could be there on, for a Sunday dinner, you know and then once i did get a car in my senior year i would go there for sunday dinner and then go to work and that was like that's something that's a memory a fond memory that i have and then i think about like as i got older like once i moved and went to grad school like like you i learned to have cultivate my own relationships with my grandparents and so i started even though i couldn't be there physically on sundays I started calling on Sunday so then I could still somewhat be a part of the Sunday dinner, you know, with the family. And I think about now as an adult how each of my siblings have different relationships with my grandmother. And each of my siblings, we have our own different relationship with my mom. And then even our individual relationships are, you know, like are unique. And so I think about that from the perspective of I can remember a point in life where I had these expectations of what a family was supposed to be or how a family was supposed to be connected. And there would be points in time. Where I would find myself feeling disappointed that my family didn't look like other people's families, right? That my family didn't do activities the way other families did. And I didn't have, and I think back to the episode where most recently, where we had Dr. Tama on and we were talking about mother daughter relationships. And I think about how my mom and I don't have that relationship. And so of like a best friend type situation. And I just think about like the expectations that I've placed on myself around what what family should look like. And the process that I've gone through in terms of reconciling in my own mind what I am grateful for within my own family and then, and what I need as an individual and how to get that need met if it's not coming from my blood relatives. I know that was a lot.
1: No, that was beautifully stated Dom. And I'm just thinking about Sunday dinners that you shared and how, you know, Oh, man, I'm just kind of visualizing that and thinking about the traditions that we used to have with my grandparents, because it's funny. I noticed that you said my grandmother's house and you said my grandparents' house. We used to always call my grandparents' house my mom's house, even though Pop-Pop, it was his house, too. It was just like, this is my mom's vibe. She's the one that, you know, it's just, I I don't know. She's decorating for all the holidays. People, I mean, her house was the the one-stop shop for all the holiday dinners. And I and we talked about this in a previ- previous episode as well about I think it was around the holiday season and how it seems different. And I think back to those memories that you talked about and also my personal experiences, and it's like, dang, I cherish them. I cherish all of those memories, but I don't think I'll ever experience that particular experience again because my grandparents aren't here. Also, I don't even know what that's going to be like for my children because. We're not even in the same area. We don't have those same sort of family ties the way that I grew up with. And it's not necessarily a bad or good thing. It just is what it is. But I think that you made a really good point in that as you get older, you kind of think about the expectations and expectations that are sometimes unrealistic that you're putting on people. I know for me, the older I got, the clearer things got for me by way of who people were in my family. And There were some people where I was just like, damn, I literally only talk to you because you have this title in my life, like we're blood related. But outside of that, you would not be a person that I would even engage with. You know, not saying everyone in my family is bad, but there are definitely some leeches and definitely some people that, you know, are I mean, the gossiping and just just a lot of vibes that don't resonate with me. And I think for me, Dom, after my grandmother passed away, that's where things really started to like fade. Right. Holiday. She was getting sick toward the end of her life. So the holiday dinners just weren't the same, like when we were younger and you would have all your cousins and everyone over. That whole vibe changed. But then also, I think with her passing, it allowed me to see things as an adult and see that, wow, there are certain people where, you know, when I was younger, I saw you a certain way. But now in my adulthood, I realize, and I say this, I was going to say with all due respect, but maybe not, but you ain't shit. You know what I mean? Like You mean no good for I'm being real like you mean no good for yourself and the people around you. And I am now in a place where I set boundaries with people. So when you call and you ask for money even though you are shoot twice my age and you have your own family and I'm trying to build my own family and it's like I'm 3000 miles away, right? Or you know, I come around and it's like give me, give me, give me like this this sense of entitlement. Now I kind of understand why certain family members stepped away years ago. You ever remember those certain family members where they like, it's like the rich uncle, rich auntie vibe where people are like, oh yeah, they, they bougie. They live, they, they moved to Virginia or they, they live to California. They don't mess with us no more. Right. I think about those people and I'm probably one of those in the family, but I see why. Cause a lot of them were like, yo, I'm trying to elevate and get out of the drama and the nonsense and cultivate my own community and vibe. And this certain people in this family don't really you know, live by that. And so it's funny because I noticed that those people that moved away, they tend to be doing better. They tend to have more peace in their life, right? They tend to just have a different lifestyle in general. And so I would say that today my family and who I consider my family is very different. Like I probably on my hand can count the people that I have close relationships with. And my family, my siblings, you know, they're always there. I have one aunt that I talk to and a few people that I might see on social media. But as far as like deep relationships where I like know the person, I mean, it's very, very few. And sometimes I used to think like, dang, that's kind of sad. Like, is that a bad thing that it's that way? But then I remember the vibe and the, the standards that I have for people in my life. And a lot of those folks, we just, the vibe, just, it just, it doesn't match, you know, it's just not, it, it's no good for me. Being a person that is always giving and the people that are around me, Dom, I can honestly say that I'm the kind of person where if you're in my life, I'm going to do my best to elevate you and me. Like I'm going to be moving forward and I would like to be able to do that. Some people, they're not ready for that. They don't want that or they just want to, you know, leech off of you. And so I think that that really does define how those relationships look. So,
0: yeah, I think it's complicated, right? Because I think about folks who and I appreciate your perspective of putting that out there, right that because I think what happens is is that there are a lot of folks out there who don't have healthy relationships with their family or who don't feel like their family, like you said, that y'all are on the same wavelength, and then people feel a lot of shame around talking about it, right, because they are. Other folks out there who their value is, we're family no matter what. And they will put up with, let me back up and be a a bit more intentional and compassionate in my language. They will allow hurtful and painful things to continue to happen within the family. For the sake of maintaining that value of having a family. And I think that that can be really hard for folks. And so I appreciate you naming that and putting that out there that you have set boundaries for yourself and you have said, you know, this is the life I want to lead. And I am going to be unapologetic about having the family that makes me feel safe and loved.
1: Tom, you did it again. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, I could not agree with you more. And you know what? You made a good point. Like, I think there definitely is a level of compassion and empathy that we have to have for people that kind of feel stuck, but there are situations that I've put up with in the past where I did it just because I'm like, I felt obligated. I'm like, Oh, this is my family member. Even though I don't want to do this, even though I don't want to, you know, I'm going home to visit. I don't want to go drive this person to this place. I don't want to lend anyone money. That is one that comes up a lot, you know, and whether or not they pay you back. It's just like I don't want to have those types of relationships. I mean, Dom, you and I, I'm sure that if either of us needed something, we would be there for one another. But we don't have a relationship where we're like asking for money. And like, I personally, I'm down to do that. I've done that with friends and I've also borrowed money, but I try not to make that a ritual or a practice. And that was something that came up a lot for me when I think about certain relationships where it's like, I don't ask you for anything, but you're always asking me for stuff. So lady, as you listen and you think about it, this is not an easy conversation to have. I think sometimes there's a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and sometimes it's self-inflicted, right? Where we're like, damn but I got to do this because it's the family member. I do want to say down, I appreciate you acknowledging the boundaries that I've set, but I also want to note that Sometimes it comes at a cost. So sometimes, you know, your family can disown you, which is why I'm all about being self-sustaining and like also having good relationships. I'm not going to be stink or nasty to anyone, but at the same time, I will set a boundary and let someone know like, oh yeah, I don't, that's not what we do over here. Like the vibe is different. Like I will not, the disrespect is just something I do not tolerate. I try my best not to tolerate, should I say, because I'm still a work in progress. But I would say also being an outlier Also having people think, oh, especially because we live in Cali now, Everybody thinks Cali is just Hollywood. They're like, oh, you Hollywood now. Oh, you changed up. It's like, no, I just, I set boundaries and I I have standards for the people that are in my life and how they treat me. And I'm also just in the space, like I'm not interested in just having like nothing conversations and gossiping about other people and then going in their face and talking, you know what I mean? I just, you know, so I appreciate you bringing that up. It's not easy. I think it's definitely a process. And I think, moving away and getting married for me was really, really great because it allowed me to really remove myself from the environment because I noticed that some of the folks that stayed closer, they tend to get pulled back in into the BS, right? Because a lot of the people are still in the same area. So it's like they get pulled back in. And then one thing I want to say is Sometimes things happen to us based on who we're attached to. So some shit, some, I I just want to put it this way. So fuck shit that you probably would have never been involved in ends up happening because you were involved with this person. Maybe they're in your family, but they were up to no good, right? And they didn't let you know what was going on. And now you're pulled in. So that's another reason why I really do my best to protect my energy and who's in my life and who I'm around, because that's important to me.
0: Yes. I think that that is so important just thinking about, you know, as you were talking I was thinking about how yes, how physical distance can create emotional distance, right? And sometimes it doesn't have to be in a negative way, right? Or in a bad way, right? Like Exactly. Sometimes like I can remember being in grad school and things would happen in the family And I wouldn't find out about it until I went home to visit. And I would be like, well, what the hell? Why didn't y'all tell me about this? Why didn't y'all let me know this was going on? Like, I could have done something to help. And the response was always, well, we didn't want to worry you. What? You don't want to worry me? So on one hand, it was like, okay, thank you. I appreciate you caring for me in that regard. But at the same time, I felt left out. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. In hindsight, as an adult, adult, I'm grateful for it. Right? Like I recognize that in the moment, my perception was, "Oh, I'm being pushed out or left out," but the reality was that they were trying to protect me, and I think now being removed from that, I'm grateful for it because I couldn't imagine the pull, the stress that I would have really been under. Actually, I take that back. I'm lying. I can't imagine (laughs) the pull and the stress because there were times where I was aware of things. And so I know that I would have been stretched and stressed with knowing what was happening back home. And so I'm grateful that, you know, my family considered me in that way and protected me in that way.
1: That makes sense. And that is a really good point. And I can understand both perspectives. First, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. They want to bother you. But then some stuff goes down. You're like, well, I wanted to be in the know. But then, oh, it's like, You know, it's it's a tricky one. I will say um, you and I have talked about this offline about me and me currently being estranged from my mom. And so one of my advisors in life has introduced me to this concept of a chosen family, which I've resonated so deeply with. So lady, we're going to talk about some of the possibilities of a chosen family. So think about those situations. We'll talk about what it means, but think about those situations in life where you've had people that. They're not blood, but you know, we were, we were younger and you'd be like, oh, that's my cousin. That's my play cousin, right? Or that's my, (laughs) I mean, that's, that can be part of your chosen family. And so when we think about chosen families, chosen families are non-biological kinship bonds, whether legally recognized or not, deliberately chosen for the purpose of mutual support and love. So the nuclear family unit was historically believed to include a husband, wife, and children, but your chosen family could be anybody, right? It's like a variety of people. And I think about what my family, I want to say, sometimes you can even say your soul family, like what my soul family looks like. I mean, it's a colorful, flavorful bunch. People I would have never thought that I had <laughs> these, okay, these deep relationships with. But the thing is, we talked about this in one of our episodes. They show me, they don't just tell me, they don't just pay me lip service, but they show up when it when it's really needed, you know? And so I think about My book launch, Dom. I had my book launch. Was that last year? Oh, damn! July. Damn. July twenty twenty. Yeah, July. Thank you, girl. Because I'm like, wait, when was that? I feel like COVID has just messed up our whole sense of time. So I'm like, what year is this? (laughs) Last year with the book launch. I mean, Dom, there were so many people that I expected to be there for me. Because I'm like, we family. You know what I mean? Like, I thought I was gonna get some support. Not a peep. But when I tell you. My coworkers, and I think I even share this with you, Dom. You, my coworkers, people that got my freaking acupuncturist I mean, people that I just would have never even imagined they supported in droves. They like overwhelmed the book system. And you know, we're in the midst of COVID trying to ship the books out. I mean, they really showed out, and I was just so overwhelmed with gratitude because at the end of the day, we all know. Yeah, you might have some relationships with your coworkers, but coworkers don't have to support your ass outside of work. Like, that is not part of this relationship. But then show it out, okay? And I mean, that was just for me, I was like, damn, these are my people. Like, these are the people that are here for me. And so for me, that was very important to not hold any resentment. Although I could recognize that there were certain people in my life that I wish I thought were, were going to be there, but they weren't. Let that go and don't worry about who didn't show up but be thankful and grateful for who was there. And so that was something I kept saying to myself, I think about the pregnancy, Dom. We've been through a lot together already, girl. (laughs) I think about the pregnancy, same thing. People that I thought would be there who weren't, but then also realizing that I've had such a beautiful pregnancy because I kept it close to my chosen family. Only people that I felt safe and comfortable with knew about the pregnancy from the beginning and that made for such a beautiful experience. I didn't have to worry about drama, no nonsense, no unnecessary stress, and my chosen family really showed up for that. So when you think about your chosen family and people that have showed up for you in addition to family, like what does that look like for you in your life?
0: It has looked different at different stages in my life, right? So I think about in in college where One of my mom's friends worked at the university. And so like I would go and just if I needed a moment, like I would just go in her office and like plop down and be like, all right. When and I distinctly remember. Because she worked in the IT department and I distinctly remember having what were they called back then? Oh, geez. Was it a floppy disk? I don't know. You know, the little little small drive little things. Yes, the floppy disk. Yes. Yes. So I know, right? I'm telling my age. And so I (laughs) I remember that it got destroyed and I had a project that was on there, a research paper that I have been working on all semester. And I remember going in her office and bawling my eyes out. And so her office was just like that space, right? Like I would get that maternal nurturing that I needed. And not that my mom couldn't do that, but in that realm, in that space, this woman met that need for me. And then I remember in graduate school, I... Got a new mom, another mom. And she was like for real, for real there for me. I still talk to her all the time. Shout out, Miss Jackie. And so like she was like a maternal figure. And so like everywhere that I've been, like I think California is probably the first place that I don't have like a whether it's a coworker or someone at my, you know, like someone around who's like a maternal figure. But generally wherever I would go. Like there would be someone there who would be who would take the place of my mom who wasn't physically in the same city. And so, like, I think about that and I think about friends who are like family. Like my best friend is we've known each other since we were nine. And so she is one of the family. Like she knows stuff about my family that nobody else, you know, like she literally was there. For various things within the family. And so she for real (laughs) is like family because she was there, right? And so, like, I, I think back to like as we were growing up, how I would be at her house or she would be at my house, and we just became a part of one another's families. And so I think, you know, there are a multitude of ways in which we can create family create that chosen family. I also think about like, as you were talking earlier, what I also thought about was like that historical perspective of how when we as a people were working on plantations and how plantation owners would split up families and you would have children who were split up from their family and they get to their new location and someone else would take them in and that would become their family and sometimes even on the same plantation you had you just had folks that were looking out for one another and looking out for each other's children and so that became your chosen family y'all weren't blood but that's your family.
1: That's such a great example, Dom. It reminds me of that idea that some of us had a chance to grow up with, or that experience of the village mentality where you are raised by the village. And it, it makes me think about my grandparents and how, probably when my grandparents were younger, and even when my mom was younger, where the neighbors would be looking out for you. And sometimes if you get in trouble, the neighbors would, you know, you get a whooping from the neighbors and then your parents would whoop you if you did something. But times have changed so much. I feel like we're very much lacking community in that sense. You know, I think about the neighborhood that my grandmother lived in and how at one point in time, they, we knew everybody on the block and as time has gone on, I don't know them people, right? Like people moving in, and people move out, but they've been there for what, more than 30 years. And back in the days, like we knew everybody you'd have your neighborhood meetings. And now people are just, we just live in such a different society. So Community is so important. And I think that with COVID-19 and the stay at home mandates, we've been aware or reminded of that even more so like, yeah, I know some of us be like, oh, I don't like people. But boo, you know, you've been missing that community. Okay. Whether it's your one person or your two people or your small group or, you know, your bigger group, we're human beings and community and touch and closeness is so important. And so Lady, we want to dive into a few tips on how to cultivate community when you're not close to your family. All right. So the first tip here is to get clarity on why you aren't close to them. Right. Like just to understand. I think it's really important to just know, you know, and sometimes you can do this within yourself. You don't necessarily have to have a conversation if that's not the best route to go. But is it you? Sometimes it's us, right? Sometimes we are the problem and it's like, my family, they cool, but maybe I have an attitude problem that I'm working through. Okay. Maybe I got some stuff going on with me and just be real with yourself. So, you know, right. And we're not pointing the blame and, you know, villainizing the family because of some stuff we're not ready to acknowledge and, and see within ourselves. But also you can be honest if it is them, right. Do they always, every time you come around, it's like, oh, it's just negativity and drama, right. Or whatever it might be. And think about, you know, did something happen? Was there something like an incident, right? Where you, you know, I know there were certain situations down in my family where someone was inappropriate with me. And I remember that from childhood, but it was one of those things where like it just wasn't spoken about. It happened so long ago. And so you still go to family events and you see that person and it's just like. What do you say and do in that situation? Right. And some people you get to a point in your in your growth. where are like, I don't even want to be around that. I don't know what to say. I don't want to have the conversation. I don't want to be around that. Right. So is that it? Which can definitely bring up some emotion. So definitely consult with your mental health provider if you're going to be diving into that. And then is it simply that you just have nothing in common with them? Right. Are you just like, yeah, I don't have much in common with my family. Right. So, that's one step that you can take to get closer to cultivating your own community is getting real about where you are right now with the people that you're blood related to.
0: Right. I mean, and as you say that, like I think about too, like I think about a lot of LGBTQ folks and how oftentimes they may be pushed out of their family, like intentionally pushed out of their family, or they may make a choice. Because they don't feel safe. So they make a choice to distance themselves from their family. And so, you know, I think about that like, just, re- yeah, really being clear about why aren't you close with them? Is it something that it's for your own safety that you have to say, we can't have this relationship? Because I know in some families, there may be things that we do. That we're afraid that we're going to be judged on. So there's some shame. Right. And so then we stop going around because we are holding the shame and we're afraid that we're going to be judged if the family found out that we did this thing. Right. Example, just you come from a very religious family and you like to go out and drink and your family doesn't drink. And you hold shame around being around your family because you drink or you hold shame around getting pregnant and not being married. So just thinking about like what it is. And then that leads us to the next tip, which is think about why you want to be close to them. Is it that. You truly miss them and you're really seeking connection, or is it that you are missing connection in general and it's a need that can be fulfilled by other folks? So, are you missing them for who they uniquely are as people, or are you missing just connection? Period. So, just being clear on why you want to be close to them. Are you trying to maintain an image?
1: That part, yes. Are you trying to maintain an image? I even think out of obligation, just like, oh, well, I want to be close to them, y'all, because I, I got to be, they're my family. Eh, you don't really got to be, you know what I mean? Like you, you get to choose, you are in choice. But Dom, that makes me think about, you know, we've talked about this behind the scenes, but I think about with me, in this journey, craving mother energy, but not necessarily my mother because of the disconnect there. And like, sometimes it's the idea that you want to be connected to, like the idea of mother, the idea of mom. But if that person isn't showing up with those, you know, ideals and those traits, then it's like, eh, that's probably not the healthiest, right? So that is a really good point that you made. That takes us to number three, which is think about your ideal family. I think whenever we are in a space where we are either lacking something or we're trying to manifest something, you have to know what the ideal is, right? You have to be open to the possibilities. And so what type of vibes and energy do you want in a family, right? What does it look like? How does it feel? Because the closer you get to that, then you have an idea of what you're trying to attract so that if someone does come along and you're like, oh, maybe this is one of my chosen family members, but they don't bring about those feelings that you're trying to manifest, And the vibe, then maybe they're not a good fit. But knowing what you want is so key.
0: Yes, definitely being clear on what it is that you want as a person. And I think that what that does is once you get that clarity, that can lead you to possibly, hopefully, this next tip of healing and forgiving. So that you're not bringing resentment or toxic energy into those new relationships. Right. So I think about this from the perspective of when I'm trying to forgive someone, it's not so much that I'm wanting them to know that I forget that I forgave them. I'm doing it for my own healing. Right. So that I can let it go. Part of that forgiveness is me acknowledging that this is who they are, right? Or this was them in that moment in time. And I can acknowledge that they are not the person that I need. And that is okay. They don't have to be. And when I get to that space, right, of working on myself and acknowledging that this person, And maybe even this group of people are not who I need and it doesn't make them bad people. And even if they've done some foul, fucked up shit, it doesn't make them bad people. And I don't have to be in their life. And all of that is okay. And it's helpful for me to get to that space so that I'm not carrying that baggage into any new relationships, right? Because then what happens is, let's say that I don't have a good relationship with my mother and I'm looking for a maternal figure. What I end up doing, if I haven't healed myself, what I end up doing is Taking all of the things that I need from my my birth mother, my blood mother, and expecting this other person to perform those things, to give me those things that they potentially can't. And so then I might end up resenting this person who had no clue that they were filling this role in my life.
1: Amen to that. Heavy on the healness and forgiveness, because like you said, if we don't handle our stuff, we end up oftentimes going and making the next person, the person that's present, pay for what the absent person did. And they're like, "What? I I ain't do shit. What? What? What you doing?
0: <laughs> you know? I just showed up with a pot of red beans because I figured you might be hungry,
1: right? And now this traumatic experience you didn't have with your mama is now with red beans is now coming up for you, and you like. You know what I mean? It happens, right? But ladies, it's all about self-awareness. And that takes us to number five, which is work on communication skills. And this second part is kind of for me because I feel like this is something I used to do. Don't retreat and run off when it gets bad and set standards for your relationships. Um, I have people in my life today. And because of how I've worked on communication and the standards that I have, I, there was a situation recently where something happened and there was a very like off something happened with the communication between me and someone and my chosen family. And I was really bothered by it. And I was like, you know what? My gut instinct was to be like, fuck it. I'm done. I'm gonna just, you know, run along. And I was like, you know what I'm working on. I don't want to be passive aggressive because I don't want people to be passive aggressive with me. I want to be communicative because I don't want, I don't like, I like closure. I don't want people just running off from me and not telling me what I did. So I was like, okay, I had to meditate, get my mind right and share with this person. You know, when you communicated with me in this way, it made me feel X, Y, Z. Is everything okay? And so we were able to have an amazing exchange and like heal from that versus name calling, blowing it up, which could have potentially happened with other people that are in my Family, Because they are not in a space where they're evolving communication wise. Right. So it's still possible that you may have an issue or some type of miscommunication with your chosen family. But I think setting a standard for how you communicate in general and even sharing that with them. I think that's so key. I mean,
0: I love that. I think that is so beautiful. And I think that that is something that is so important about the chosen family. The key word in that is choose. Right. That you are choosing these people to be in your life. You are having a say in, Okay, I vibe well with this person. Let me welcome this person into my life, into my space. And so I think that that leads us right into our last tip, which is. Meditate and manifest your chosen family. The key in that, though, is to recognize that it may not look like how you want it. Right. So I always think about. I don't remember exactly how the the song goes, but it's a gospel song and they basically are saying that. Jesus may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. Can you sing it for us now? Now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know what song
1: you talk about.
0: <laughs> uh, yes. y'all, don't want, y'all don't want me to sing. That's not a Ditto. talent I was blessed with.
1: <laughs> me neither, girl.
0: I understand. <laughs> so, but, but I think about that in terms of recognizing that when we ask for things, that we have to be open to how it may present. Mm right. So if I'm saying I'm meditating, manifesting, praying for a chosen family or saying I have this particular familial need that I want met. I have to be open to receiving it however it may show up, because oftentimes this is how the universe works, that it'll show up. What you are asking for will show up, but n- not how you were expecting, and it still turns out to be beautiful. You just have to if be I'm open to it. it. Yes, yes, yes. And so, ladies, let's run through these really quickly on how to cultivate community when you are not close to your family. Number one, get clarity. Number two. Identify why you want to be close to them. Number three. Identify your ideal family. Number four. Heal and forgive. Number five. Work on them communication skills, girl. And number six. Meditate and manifest your chosen family.
1: All right, lady. Well, you already know that this is not the end of the show. Dom and I are about to go hop on Patreon to record the after show. So come and join us. You can visit our website, herspacepodcast.com. Click on Patreon in the top tab and come and hear what we thought about this episode. And we might even share some other juicy tips over there. So we'll see you soon. Hey, lady, it's Terry here from Cultivating Her Space. Are you tired of working hard for your money? Do you want your business to run smoothly when you're out of office? If you want to learn how to automate your business cash flow and increase your impact and influence, join me for my free workshop at brandwithterry.com. Again, that's brandwithterry.com. My name is spelled T E R R I. Hope to see you there, lady.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Please note, That our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider.
1: If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website, cultivatingherspace.com. And be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I'm
0: aligned with my inevitable outcome. We'll see you next week, lady.